Amen. I love the words of that refrain. Just the proclamation that this, this is my story. This is my song. I'm so grateful for the great hymns of faith that ground us. Today we hear from the epistle to the Romans in chapter 8, starting in verse 12. I invite you to hear these words from Paul. So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it isn't an obligation to ourselves to live, uh, to live our lives on the basis of selfishness. If you live on the basis of selfishness, you are going to die. But if you put to death the actions of the body with the spirit, you will live. All who are led by God's spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you're adopted as his children. With this spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. But if we are children, we are also heirs. We are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ if we really suffer with him so that we can also be glorified with him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words in my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am 14 years into being a North Carolinian. I moved here a Midwestern college graduate, longing for the days of my unlimited meal plan of college. I didn't exactly move with kitchen and cooking skills. I've grown, however, to appreciate the refined palate of Southern cuisine. Let's just say that 15 years ago, I didn't know what a collard green was, had never heard of, let alone tasted, boiled peanuts, and sometimes referred to a cookout as a barbecue. I've also learned to cook along the way, and I really enjoy it. Most of my cooking is of the outside variety, for you can and should cook anything on a grill. I especially enjoy showcasing southern dishes for my wife's southern family. So I've successfully cooked collards for them, fried green tomatoes, and real barbecue. And it's been met with the seal of approval. I am an adopted southerner who has taken on the ways of the southern kitchen. I'm not from here, but at least I can cook and eat like it. I've been adopted and learned these ways. On Trinity Sunday, it is tempting for a pastor to get up here and to try to explain how the Trinity works for you. It's tempting to try to come up with the right image or metaphor to help you understand or to grasp the inner workings of God. It's tempting to try and tell you that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons and yet all are holy God, and that we don't worship three gods but only one. Author Carlo Corretto wrote these words reflecting on these attempts to explain Trinity. He says, The catechism is not enough. Theology is not enough. Formulas are not enough to explain the unity and trinity of God. We need loving communication. We need the presence of the Spirit. That is why I do not believe in theologians who do not pray, who are not in humble communication of love with God. Neither do I believe in the existence of any human power to pass on authentic knowledge of God. Only God can speak about himself, and only the Holy Spirit, who is love, can communicate this knowledge to us, end quote. 
Our prayer then, when speaking about the mystery of the Trinity, is that God would communicate God's truth to us. That's the only way that this can make any sense. For the Trinity is not a math problem to be solved. The Trinity is a relationship to be entered. Hopefully, our worship here is Trinitarian every Sunday, and not just on this day. But what I found myself thinking when, when reflecting on the Trinity this week was this. Why does it matter for my life, why does it matter for your life, that God is Trinity? Well, first, we're adopted as God's children. We are accustomed to this language of being the children of God. We are used to familial language about God, calling God Father. I want to encourage you today, however, to take off the familiarity for a moment and to think about what the idea of being adopted by God means. Paul writes, all who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. Through the Spirit, who is God, God welcomes us into relationship with God's very self. We don't have a spirit who leads us back into slavery, back into Egypt, far from it. We have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit who gives us freedom. By our very nature, we are not children of God. We are made in God's image, but God has brought us into relationship with God's very self through the work of Jesus made possible for us by the spirit of adoption. And since we are children, we are the heirs of God by grace. Let's think about it. Children typically receive all that the parent has as heirs. This is Paul's logic here in Romans 8. He says, with this spirit we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children, but if we are God's children, we are also heirs. The Spirit of God teaches us from within then to call God Abba. This word in Aramaic is as close to daddy as we can possibly get. Paul is telling a Latin-speaking church in Rome that the Spirit gives them to the language to pray in the same way that Jesus prays to his Father. Let's think about it. Jesus teaches us to pray and he begins this prayer right with our Father. When Jesus is pouring out his heart at Gethsemane, he addresses the Father as Abba. Paul wants this church at Rome to remember their adoption every time that they pray and say the word Abba. Our church mission statement is this, working together to connect isolated people with God's family. Being welcomed into God's family as our mission states is not just about having friends in the church, about no longer being alone. It is about having an intimacy with God. For God is eternally in relationship, in God's very being. And we are being invited by the gracious action of the Holy Spirit into that family. We can know this grace because the Spirit confirms it within us. We are the heirs of Creator God. You are a lot more special than you thought. It makes me think about, think about this hymn that our Catholic brothers and sisters often sing. And it says over and over, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you, and you are mine. 
I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have called you, and you are mine. You are loved with this love, the love of God that adopts you as his own and calls you mine. This is the love of the Trinity. I cannot perfectly explain it. For someone who is adopted can't do anything about being adopted. It is all grace. Since we are God's heirs, we are heirs then along with Christ. Paul writes, we are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ if we really suffer with him so that we can also be glorified with him. What does this mean then that we are heirs along with Christ? I think it means that we are somehow brought into the very relationship that Jesus has with the Father. As adopted children, we are not lesser than the Son, but receive all of the glory that the Son has received from the Father. So the triune God, then, is our place to call home. The Trinity is not some abstract concept. The Trinity is how we know and experience the God who calls us his own brought by the Spirit into our adopted relationship with the Father, welcomed graciously into the Father's embrace by the work of the Son, and receiving the same benefits that Christ himself receives. This benefit that we receive, however, is not just a passive benefit, no. It is quite an active role that we take on. N.T. Wright, in his commentary on Romans, says it this way. He says, If Jesus is to be Lord of the world, ruling over it with sovereign and saving love, they are to share that rule, bringing redemption to the world that longs for it. Friends, we share the rule of the world with Jesus. This doesn't mean that Christians should seek to dominate every sector of society. Ruling with Jesus does not mean that we make sure that laws that privilege Christianity are always the laws of the land. No, because Paul states that being heirs with Christ means suffering with Christ so that we can be glorified with him. So we share the rule by offering the grace and love that we have received and inviting others into God's family. We live with this open embrace toward all, offering the redemptive grace and welcome that we have received. 1 John 3 begins with these words, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, in that we should be called God's children. And that is what we are. God's child. That is what you are. You're in the family. Thanks be to God. Amen.